0: Bound to Bennett at midcourt, he comes to the near side with the dribble. Gets a screen. Holmes has got it top of the key. He will drive right side. Throws it up off the glass. It's no good. Ball tipped. Picked up by shoulder, and
1: it's going. Let's see to do it. Ball game. Rams win. 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 Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, that was Robbie Robinson on the call via Rams Unlimited. You heard it right here on 910 The Fan as VCU defeats number 18 Dayton in a defensive battle, 49-47. Thanks to that final defensive stance right there, the Rams get a two-point victory. And joining us right now... On the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning hotline is Robbie Robinson. What's going on, Robbie?
0: Adam, man, probably not my finest call ever. I wish I had that one back. But still a win's a win. And we will take it on Saturday or on Friday night, man. That was a, that was definitely a fun one. The Siegel Center was uh, as excited as I feel like I've seen it in the last five to ten years, and it was just one of those games, man. It was a huge win for VCU, and now you gotta I can move on and go on the next one. Just keep on trucking. The train does not stop in the A ten.
1: Yeah, let's go back to that final play. I don't think anybody can blame you with that call cuz it looked like Shoga got fouled with like a couple points seconds left there. <laughs> Deron Holmes missed the shot though, and VCU comes away with the win. What did it look like from your perspective?
0: Yeah, I I you're right. Like that's why there's kind of a pause. I, it looked like they might have called a foul on Shoga, but I think it was a big time referee crew. Roger Ayers and Ted Valentine. I think they realized with point three seconds left, let's just let it go. Uh, here's what I saw. I saw another stop by VCU's defense. Something that they did the entire. I mean, that that that's what it looked like for me. And you know, their Dayton's offense really for basically the entire second half. Adam was let's just clear it out for Jaron Holmes. I feel like I was calling NBA basketball for real. Like let's just <laughs> clear it out and see what happens. And I I'm not sure how the conversation goes in the Dayton huddle, uh, but it seemed to me like hey this is what we're doing we had drawn after a couple of screens and let him drive and draw you gotta make the shot and if he would have done that we would have gone to overtime and who knows what would have happened then but uh, he missed he goes high off the glass and it takes a, a vcu bounce and like the rams have been doing all game long they got the rebound and there was no second chance points for dayton and then it was it was really kind of pandemonium in the arena adam like i you know you know where we said we've had exciting games there before but i just don't ever remember since they've you know, we've moved up to the top of Section 25 up there in that radio perch. I don't remember ever being able to see, like, the release joy celebration by a VCU you know, uh, fan base, like right that. And it was just it was really cool. Like, everybody just was celebrating because, I don't know, I feel like lately maybe we haven't gotten those stops or we got the stop 45 seconds earlier, but it was truly a cool scene to kind of take a step back in the middle of the final call and, like, to see everybody just celebrating.
1: Yeah, especially because it was great defense from start to finish by the Rams, holding Dayton to just 47 points. Uh, Robbie Robinson with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. You can hear every game on 910 The Fan with Robbie and Rodney Ashby. I do the pregame, and during my pregame I do a player spotlight, and I wanted to spotlight Jason Nelson. Comes off the bench after starting the last few games, 11 points off the bench, hit his first three threes. That was so huge for the Rams offensively, Robbie.
0: I mean, I don't think you can talk enough about Jason. And, you know, Jason's been up and down for us this year. Let's be honest. I mean, he, he had been you know, he was three out of his last 19 shooting threes before he came off. And to have the guts and, like, I think the confidence and the ability to do exactly what he did in that Dayton game with the stakes as high as they are, like, I don't think anybody could have blamed Jason if he all of a sudden took a step back and said, look, I'm not going to do this. But he didn't. And, man, that was just a sh- huge shot in the arm for, for Coach Odom and the entire team. I'm so proud of the way like he came out and, and just without any hesitation banged three threes in a row and got us a lead that was really kind of what we built on. And obviously we fought for it the rest of the way, but without those three-pointers going on early from Jason, I think it's a totally different game. So you know, is Jason going to be a guy that's going to hit six three-pointers a game? I don't know, maybe. I think he's got it in him. But I just love the fact that he – uh, is really undaunted, no matter what's going on. And like you know Rodney Ashby has said it for years and years and years, when you're a shooter, like Jason Nelson, you're either hot or you're due. And I think he had that <laughs> mindset going in on Friday night, and thank goodness he did because it made a huge difference for the Rams in that win.
1: Yep, VCU defeats Dayton at home at the Siegel Center. Sold-out game, uh, gold out game, 49-47. to Just a terrific defensive performance from start to finish, and I want to dive into that. So when the Rams lost to St. Bonaventure, they let Chad Venning kind of dictate the game with the way he ran off of screens, the way he was uh, passing out of double teams. Against Deron Holmes, VCU just they switched so well, right? When Holmes was getting double teamed, he'd have to make a cross-score pass, and then by the time they had an open shot, VC was able to get a hand up. And I just thought the team defense was spectacular.
0: Well, yeah, and I think this team really learns from its mistakes. And I, you know, Who knows what that's going to look like down the stretch if you know, the final mistake that they don't get to learn from happens in Brooklyn or you know, they go to Brooklyn all buttoned up on everything and really the mistakes are minimum. But, you know, Adam, I think we all have to take a step back and talk about the way we played defense, not just on Friday night, but really, since that George Washington game at the beginning of the year, we I mean, were one of the yeah. best defensive teams in the country. And I tell you what, I just is, it makes me so happy for Coach Odom to stay the course. Like he knew what he had, and when entire VCU Twitter was saying, "You got to play zone. You why don't we play zone? <laughs> Man, why aren't we a one-three-one? Or look at this 2 3 Well, I mean, let's—I want to talk to all those people that said that. How do you like us now? And how do you like the coaching staff <laughs> now that, you know, we have one of the best defenses playing some of the best defenses in the country? I'm really glad. And I don't know if the VCU Twitter feels this way, but I'm really glad that we didn't take time to all of a sudden try to implement a defense that isn't super easy to grasp. I don't care what you think from a two, three zone that we really sat down and figured out the man to man principles. And Coach Odom inspired the guys to play at a higher level, which is really all that it was. And I think he would tell you that, like, it's not a, it's not a logistics thing with this team. It's probably an effort thing and just a, a focus thing. And they got the focus and the effort. I think we're seeing why Ryan Oda was so heralded coming to us. And when we made that hire back in April, it was like, "This is we got a great coach, guys. And sure enough, I mean, again, we were great defensively in the last couple of years. There's no doubt. One of the best defensive teams in the country. Adam, the A-10 is better this year than it's been in the last couple of years. And we're playing better defense. Can you – here's a funny – I said this in post-game shows, so reiterating. One of our Papa John's commercials where we talk about, if you win, you get free pizza the next day or whatever, um, it's a cut of me going, and the Rams win 53-52. And that's kind of been a running joke between my friends and I that, like, oh, my gosh, remember those days we'd actually hold teams to 53 or 52? Well, we just won 49-47. And I, yeah. I just I, – I, mean, I don't know if anybody would have seen that coming in early January. And I'll reiterate it again. I'm so happy that we have a coach – that knows enough about the game of basketball to not hear what other people are saying in his ears, but actually stick with what he knows his team can do best, because right now we're one of the best defensive teams in all of America. Period. Yeah. A hard stop.
1: What VCU has done this season is so impressive. You mentioned the defense. You got four blocks in that game, one from Lewald, Toby, two from uh, Furman. Kwani Kwani had a huge block <laughs> shot there in that game, also a steal. He's really come on strong offensively and defensively. Uh, but, you know, we talk a lot about last year's team that was so talented, that won the regular season and the A-10 conference tournament. But th- this team is deeper I mean, the theme of this season for me is bench points. You look at the box score every game. We never lose the bench points category. It was 23-8 to eight against the Dayton Flyers.
0: Well, it helps when the guy coming off your bench is Joe Bama. like, when he's right. one of the guys yeah. that can come off your bench, like, that really helps your bench points. I mean, taking nothing away from, oh, I don't know, Nick Kern or whoever, although well, Nick started a lot. Pick your player from the last couple of years, like, when you got an immediate bucket maker coming off your bench, it's going to be difficult, I think, for the Rams to lose the bench scoring. Uh, but the depth, and that was a key, too. Coach Odom talked about that before the game. He didn't say anything about it in the pregame interview. I should have asked him about it. I didn't. But uh, he said, you know, guys, after we got done the interview, we're walking out of the basketball Development Center. He's like, one of the real keys is our, our depth. Our depth is a real strength today. Because they didn't play a lot of people. I think they played maybe seven guys, maybe eight, but two of those guys barely played. Meanwhile, we're running in Bama and we're bringing the wall off the bench. And, oh, here's Jason Nelson who's going to drive home three threes. Our depth has become a real strength, Adam. You say it really – I mean, you articulate that really well. Like that, I think, down the stretch. But it's – I think when you have depth like that, you've got to have the buy-in from the guys. And what I've seen over the last couple weeks is they come in and they don't try to do too much. A lot of times, I think college players, if they're coming off the bench, they're going to try to show that they deserve more minutes and they're going to play above themselves. We're not doing that. Coach Odom and his staff are so in tune with the guys psychologically that they know that if they go in and do all that they're asked to do, we can be successful. And that's what I think Jason does. I think that's what Toby does. Obviously, Bama still knows his role to come out. Those are three legit guys. Uh, that we have coming off the bench in that case, and I think that's that's been the real key, and I think it's going to be the key down the stretch. I really do. It, we've got a great rotation now. We have a really good rotation, and it's starting to click. Because what we're now on eight out of nine, with the only losses at St Bonaventure against a team that I think right now is probably just not a good matchup for us. We could tighten that up by the time we get to the lead, to the tournament, but I think right now St Bonaventure just is one of those tough matchups. Kind of like kind of like we're a tough matchup for Richmond for whatever reason. Uh, there's probably just different ways personnel wise. But, man, 8 out of 9 against an 8-10, that is um, really good. And, Adam, when you look at the standings between Chicago, Dayton, and Richmond, the top three teams ahead of us, those three teams have combined to lose five times total. Richmond once, Dayton, and Chicago twice. Three of those five losses have come at the hands of the Rams. Three of those five losses are the top three teams. So, I mean, when you're talking about going down to or going up to Brooklyn, you do not want to see VCU on your side of the bracket.
1: Robbie, always appreciate you taking the time, man. Thanks so much. All right, have a good rest of the uh, rest of the week, Adam. I'll talk to you soon. All right, the Rams hit the road for their second matchup against the St. Louis Billikens. That will be this Friday night at 7 p.m. Pre-game coverage starts at 6.15 on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910. The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from Capitol Alehouse, Here in Innsbruck, I wanted to give a huge shout-out. Big thanks to Bud Light for sponsoring our Vegas trip. Bud Light Big Game Week 5 live shows from Vegas. Thanks to the voice of God, our program director Zach McHugh, and our Odyssey Richmond boss Bennett Zier for coming through with this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. The first Super Bowl in Vegas. And, yeah, we were there on the ground, Michael Phillips and myself, at Radio Row, filled with A ton of amazing guests, so much fun, uh, so many stories I could talk about for days. It really feels like we had a month's worth of content squeezed into five days. So I didn't want to recap some of the best of the trip's shenanigans here. Plus, what did Awad miss in Richmond last week? Stubb has come up with a list. Yeah, I, I got two really big ones here. First of all, VCU alum
2: and native Richmonder, Tevin Davis, will be in the next season of Survivor. I don't know if you saw this.
1: I did see that. I didn't yeah. know he was a VCU alum. Somebody sent me uh, 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 an article. It said a Richmonder was there. So do you know anything else about him? I do
2: not. I just, oh. I know I'm excited. I didn't realize, I, I forgot how quickly seasons of Survivor come out. Yeah. And uh, yeah. definitely know who I'm rooting for this, <laughs> uh, this season going in.
1: Yep, Now that's a great point there. Survivors coming back, and now we have someone to cheer for. Members of the AWOD Army got to support one of our own uh, Richmonder Is there any update with the, the Richmond gun hole? That was a big talk last week.
2: No updates, I believe, since being carved back out. It is still uh-huh. carved back out. I think that they know if it gets filled again, someone's going to do it again. Stop. Uh, do
1: you have any interest in visiting it, or did that kind of uh, tamper out? I like, think, like
2: I said, it, it's, it's a false hole now. It's, yeah. it's not the original, true to form. <laughs> it's, it's a recreation of what it once was, and therefore I have uh, lost some interest.
1: Okay. What else did I miss?
2: Well, the Grammys happened. I guess this isn't exactly Richmond, but there's some Richmond news involved. But uh, the Grammys happened while you were in Vegas, and two Richmonders uh, won a Grammy.
1: Really? Who was it? Uh, Gordy Hobb,
2: VCU okay. alum and Richmond nativer, uh won for best uh, video game composition for uh, Jedi... Uh, a Star Wars Jedi survivor. So, okay. he, and he took music composition classes in VCU. And That's then, freaking
1: <clears throat> awesome! That's so cool. Yeah,
2: and boy, Genius' Lucy Dawkins is also a Richmond native, and they won about ah. uh, three Grammys.
1: Okay, man, some good stuff happened in Richmond. Yeah, so
2: big, big for Richmond. Just a lot of news. Yeah. A lot of we were on Survivor. We we're in the Grammys. Uh, yeah.
1: And 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 I did read something about maybe you would have more information about this, maybe not. There was there was a slight update about the diamond, right? Uh, yes, with what's going on, do so you have any information about that? The land
2: was purchased by the city so that it may be sold to the people that will be building it.
1: Love that. All right. And, um, last time I checked, though, there have not been shovels in the dirt. You know, we were promised last year. We were promised January. We were promised February. And now we've heard April, May. I, I, I'm begging. I'm begging the city for me to drive by the Diamond on my way home from work and see shovels in the dirt in the next few months. Yep. Please, please, we cannot left, let the flying squirrels leave town. A we love them
2: too much. was taken. Uh, I don't yes. know how important or how long or <laughs> it, it, it takes to do something like that, but the land was purchased.
1: Yeah. No. That's awesome, man. So that's a positive step as uh that was some of the biggest stories that I-, I missed in Richmond during my five live shows from Vegas. Uh Stub, here here's something I'll tell you. So I landed Saturday morning at four thirty AM. I uh, got home at about five thirty AM. I slept. Until six PM Saturday <laughs> night. Yeah, that it was a full twelve hours to catch up on the week from Vegas. I will say it was a great week. The only thing that sucked, and I, and I think Michael would totally agree, this sucked, is the time change. Screwed our shows. Like Michael was getting up at four AM for his seven AM show. I was getting up at six A.M. every single night in Vegas. You know, the the city that never sleeps. I mean that's New York actually. But it's a city <laughs> where you can have you could literally stay up all night partying because the casinos don't close and stuff. I was asleep in my bed by midnight every day and up at 6 a.m. I wanted to go so hard, but I just I talked myself into saying, hey, the best thing for the show is to get a good five or six hours of sleep every night.
2: You went harder than I think I would have been able to. I'm not yeah. good at working with, with little sleep. I'm not good with waking up early. To make it to midnight, I think, would have been a fight for me. So I think you yeah. made the most of it from what it sounds like.
1: How how jealous were you of this trip, though? Stub? Oh, and, and, and
2: insanely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so immensely. Uh, mostly yeah. food reasons. And I love staying at hotels. I love to travel because I don't get to uh, quite so often. So I yeah, was... Yeah, that
1: was, that was an underrated part of this was... was and, and everybody talks about this. When you go to Vegas, it's just fun to experience the different casinos. They all feel the same eventually because they got blackjack. They got poker. They got slots. But, like, they all have different entrances. They all have different themes. It is fun to kind of just walk around the different hotels. So, uh, is there anything you wanted to ask me about my trip that I didn't get to?
2: Yeah, so I, this was from uh, – you went to the Sphere, and yes. uh, you guys didn't talk about it. I know there's a bunch of cool tech in the lobby. Did you guys get to explore
1: any of that? No, I don't know anything about the tech in the lobby. Maybe because okay. we went in through the Venetian entrance. Um, that was the other thing. Not a complaint of the Sphere. It was a 10 out of 10 but it did take forever to get out. Like, you're 18,000 oh, yeah. people are going through the same exit, and you're like, this is a sphere. Like, couldn't we all have walked different uh, entrances of the circle? Nope, it's all the same place. But the sphere was literally a 10 out of 10. Like, that's the 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 techno the technology of the whole thing is insane. Like, we were saying, you know, you two could have been performing. It could have been Flight Club, you know, the Richmond band. It still would have been a 10 out of 10 because the the – video elements of it were just amazing. The only way I could describe it is is as if you were inside of a music video for two hours. I mean, because it just was on top of you. You could not look to your left and not see the screen. You could not look to the right and see the screen. You could not look above your head and not see the screen. It was surrounding you, basically, uh, more than 180 degrees, and it's 8K. You know, the seats shake. It's just, you know... I, I I wanna watch a movie there. I was we were saying I wanna extend oh, yeah. my stay and watch the Super Bowl in this sphere.
2: That that is a, yeah. Another thing I'm jealous of. Um all right, I wanted to ask next, who who would you say is the biggest celebrity that you had at least a five second interaction with?
1: Oh, it's it was absolutely Thierry Henry. So that's the thing you should have seen, Stubbs. So I hope people enjoyed that conversation. I know we're Radio Row, you know, talking NFL and football, but I had an opportunity to interview the hosts of Champions League today on CBS Sports, which actually returns tomorrow. Definitely check that out. There's good Champions League games. It was Micah Richards, Kate Abdo, and the World Cup champion, my favorite soccer player of all time, Thierry Henry. And so here's how I know that that was such a great interview. There were. 40 people standing around my desk while I was doing it stub. I oh, wish wow. somebody had taken a picture of the commotion that I was causing with that interview. There was CBS Sports had a boom mic that they were sticking in between my face while I was asking questions. And I'm like, this thing's coming from the ceiling. Where's it coming from? It was like a 12-foot boom mic that somebody had on a tripod that was kind of, uh, you know, catching our interview. There were 40 people surrounding it. People were trying to take, you know, pictures and, and take a listen to Thierry Henry. I mean, look, this guy is a, a multiple-time World Cup champion. I, I was trying to tell my sister this. I was like trying to explain how popular Thierry Henry is, and that is, when I was growing up, there were three athletes that were chosen for Gillette's Um, Super Bowl commercial and that was Tiger Woods, Roger Federer and Thierry Henry. Like that's the star power that Thierry Henry had. He also came to America, played for the New York Red Bulls and then I believe coached uh, in America before going back to Europe and now he's an assistant coach and does a great job on Champions League today. Yeah, Thierry Henry was the best part of the whole week for me. It was also a lot of fun playing blackjack, blackjack, craps and poker with Michael Phillips. Like, don't get me wrong. This guy is a, is a sports guy, and he's fun to hang out with, but he's also an ult, the ultimate nerd who knows everything about the numbers. Like, he was – like it felt like I was watching The Accountant with Ben Affleck. Anytime they dealt us a hand, his eyes would go to the back of his head, and all the numbers would pop up, and I would look to him, and he would say, the book says hit, the book says stay. Like, he, he always knew what the right thing to do was, and uh, that's, that was a big part of why it was fun gambling because he's an expert at it.
2: It sounds like, you know, for for taking pictures and stuff, uh, you could have used a third person out there in Vegas with you.
1: Yeah, you know, you're going to have to complain (laughs) to Bud Light about that (laughs) one stuff. (laughs) Maybe Bud Light didn't think you were big game enough. Bud Light, big game week, five live shows from Vegas. Today has been the Bud Light big game recap show on The Fan, live from Capitol Hill House here in Innsbruck. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910. The Fan now at 105.1 FM. Broadcasting live from Capital Ale House here in Innsbruck. And Burger Night is back. And better than before. Every Monday, yes, today from 3 p.m. until midnight, Get a great deal on Capital Alehouse's House's seared and smashed quarter and half-pound burgers with any beverage purchase. All right, you can get a cheeseburger for two ninety-five. Add mushroom and Gruyere for three ninety-five. Bacon and beer cheese for three ninety-five. All the burgers are smashed and seared with onions, lettuce, pickles, and tomatoes. It is amazing. One of my favorite burgers in town. Take advantage of it. Burger night, Monday night from 3 p.m. to close. Two ninety-five or 3 burgers here at Capital Ale. House. says, I'm back here at Capital Ale. After last Monday, we started five live shows from Vegas, Bud Light, Big Game Week, and we had so much great t- content. Like I'm saying, it felt like a month's worth of content squeezed into one week that I actually have some leftover stuff. On Friday... My show ended at 3 p.m., which was actually 12 noon Vegas time. And, Stubb, this is where I need you to chime in here. I I was confused by the timing, and so all week long I was promoting an interview with Kevin Harlan that I had lined up for 1 p.m. on Friday, and I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be great. Everyone's going to be able to hear Kevin Harlan. Well, the interview was actually 1 p.m. Pacific time, which was 4 p.m. Eastern time after I had gotten off the air. (laughs) A little bit late.
2: (laughs) It's all right. A little
1: bit late. A little bit late. I was thinking, I was like, Stubb, can we interrupt Grant and Danny and just say, hey, (laughs) I'm here with Kevin Harlan? Uh, But anyway, I had my conversation with Kevin Harlan on 4 p.m. on Friday. We released it on podcasts after the show, so some of you may have heard him predicting the big game, talking about the Super Bowl, but here's the rest of that awesome interview with superstar TV and radio broadcaster Kevin Harlan. Welcome back to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910, The Fan, now at 105-1 FM, Bud Light, Big Game Week, five live shows here from Radio Row in Vegas. And joining us right now, very special guest, superstar radio and TV announcer Kevin Harlan, Kevin, what's up, man?
3: Adam, I love you, and I love Bud Light, so that's a good combination.
1: <laughs> Let's get right into it here. What would you say is your favorite sporting event to call?
3: Well, uh, I, radio NFL is my is my favorite thing just because of the challenge uh, that it presents. It's the purest form of broadcasting, I think. Uh, it, it entails delivery, it skills, your word usage, pacing, I mean, all those things. <clears throat> when I do TV for CBS or TNT like last night, the picture says so much, you're kind of framing uh, what's going on, but on radio, you know, you've got a captive audience, and your words can paint the most vivid picture in a theater of the mind, and your imagination is the strongest emotion you have. Think about what a well-delivered sentence means to someone who's driving along in Richmond or wherever, and, uh, and hearing a play, and if you, can, if you can capture the essence of what happened, uh, that's a win. And I look at every play separately, and hopefully they're all a lot of wins.
1: I'm glad you brought up theater of the mind, because that's what I was taught, what makes radio so special. You know, people are driving along. They can't see. You know, I'm doing sports talk. They can't see what's going on. But you can make a bit happen because it's all about theater of the mind.
3: Exactly. It's so strong. And that's why those radio programs from the 30s and 40s uh, were so powerful and, like, indelible in people's minds they They could recreate footsteps on a wooden floor, or a door shutting, or a shriek from someone getting attacked in in your mind you you can picture all those things so if I can come up with the right words, and it's always a challenge uh, because things are happening fast, there's nothing scripted, it's all you know just uh, as it unfolds um and you can do it the right way. Um, and I can listen back and, and, and see if I'm driving, could I see where that guy ran that ball? Can I see what kind of catch he made? Do I know where it was? Uh, those are the things I check off on my grade sheet, and I go through every game and every play, and I have a grade sheet that I use and listen back, and, and uh, sometimes I nail it, and sometimes I got to <laughs> get better, and, and that's, that's the great challenge of the business.
1: Kevin Harlan here with me. I'm Adam Epstein. This is AWOD Radio on 910 The Fan. We're the home of VCU basketball. When ah. I say VCU hoops, what comes to mind? Manor
3: with a big-time shot on the fly to beat Duke. <laughs> I remember that. and Coach Grant, oh, I remember that. Buffalo, New York, I remember that like it was yesterday shot. I mean, it was thrilling. And I'm, I love Duke, and I love Coach K. But whenever you have a team like that knock off the big guy, uh, that that makes that, that makes a, a lot happen. And um, Shaka w- was right. Was he the coach of that one? W- or was a coach Gra- who, who was coach Co- Grant. Coach Grant. Yep. Coach Grant. Um, so listen, I am a I'm a. Uh, that remains one of my uh, best memories of doing the NCAA tournament.
1: I'm glad you brought that up because that was Coach Anthony Grant. Shaka came after him. Put VCU on the map, though. Did that Eric Maynard shot. Anthony Grant's now at Dayton. Yes, he They're is. At VCU tonight. Oh, you're for a kidding. time You're kidding. Yeah. you're
3: kidding. Uh, did Grant then go to Florida from there? Yep. Yes, he went down there. Um, I've always admired him. I admire Shaka a lot. I think he's a he's a terrific coach. And uh, and you've had some big name people come through there. So so yeah. But that that particular game on a snowy day, cold day in Buffalo. Yeah, I remember that well.
1: And our guy, Odom, which is really oh, cool because yeah, he right. grew up in uh, basketball. Uh, yes, his father, I, I the that famous name. coach at yes, Wake Forest. Yes,
3: yes. yes. Coach Odom, one of my favorite people in the business.
1: Kevin, how does it make you feel that, you know, my producer told me, all right, there's a younger generation. He's like 23 years old that only know you as the voice of NBA
3: 2K. Well, I started doing that in 2005, and it's been a nice little little side thing that I do. We're we're actually taping uh, 2K25 right now. Oh, wow. And, uh, and I do it in my closet at home, uh-huh. <laughs> literally, literally in my closet. Uh, they've set up a little thing there for me, and, and I'll be on there. And then, and then on the screen up pops Doris Burke, and yeah. there she is. And so we do a, you know, a couple hours together, um, and they'll show me video clips, and I, I call those plays. It's a lot of fun. Uh, someone told me when I first got that job uh, kind of what you're talking about. They said, all the young kids that play that 2K video game are going to grow up with your voice in NBA basketball. So when I hear that story of your producer, um, that's, he, he has played it since I started doing it. Yeah. And, uh, and that's very gratifying. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a tough business to get kind of some traction in that regard, and I, I'm always honored that they asked me back to do that to do that video game, and I, I still enjoy it to this day.
1: Yeah, and you're terrific at it. I love playing NBA 2K. Oh, thank you. Speaking of the NBA, trade deadline yesterday, not much action. What did you think?
3: Well, it, there was action for two teams that matter, the Knicks and the Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee got Patrick Beverly. I thought, Adam, that that was a, a great move for a variety of reasons. Number one, his old coach is now coaching the Bucks. Yep. Uh, Doc Rivers had bet in, in Los Angeles with the Clippers. Beverly, wherever he's gone, has been a coach favorite and a team favorite. Teammates love playing with him. Coaches love coaching him because he gives 110 every single game. He brings grit. He brings defense. He's got a long ball shot. Uh, there's so many positives with him. And the Bucks, when they lost Drew Holiday, they, they, they lost a lot of defensive presence. He gets it back for them. I love the move.
1: Kevin, it's been a great week here live from Radio Row. I actually met and had your daughter, Olivia Harlan decker on the show. It was awesome. She uh, is so impressive. Oh, I, yeah.
3: I, I, when she talks, and, I mean, I, I can't believe it's my daughter. Right. I so mean, she
1: told a a me a funny story about oh, your 60th birthday that involved your peanut allergy. What did they bring <laughs> out as the dessert? She told me to ask Oh,
3: her. I'm allergic to peanuts, and there was something in the, in the cake uh, crust they had peanuts in there, and the guy that runs the restaurant, this is up in a little town in Wisconsin, <laughs> had to run out to the, uh, the gas station about five miles down the road to give me some Benadryl oh to kind of offset the, the swelling I was having in my throat. And, and, uh, and yeah, that's, yeah she, she would bring that up. <laughs> on my, I was on my 60th but she was there. You know what she did? She got about 40 of the people that I've worked with over my career, got them each to tape something on their phone, and she put together this wonderful collage uh, that I still look at from time to time. Uh, She is a remarkable, she's a great mom, a great wife, and and I think a, a terrific young broadcaster, and I'm I, I could not be more proud of the woman that she is and the broadcaster that she is.
1: Kevin, really appreciate the thank time. Thank you, Thanks Adam. So How
3: fun to be on with you. Thank you so much.
1: You're welcome. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan.
3: I could thank the uh, the, the fans uh, for both the Niner Gang and Chiefs Kingdom for showing up and every, every NFL fan out there, man. You guys made this so special for me. And um, I'm yes, about to sir. go party my tail off.
1: Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein, you're listening to AWOD Radio. Chiefs win Super Bowl 58, 25-22. This is the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, Bud Light, big game recap. Patrick Mahomes wins MVP, throws for 333 yards, two touchdowns, did have one interception to start in the second half but bounced back and had a terrific fourth quarter that included a lot of runs. He had nine carries on the game for 66 yards and a 22-yard scramble on the most important drive of the game as it did come down to overtime with the first new change with the overtime rule. The 49ers asked for the ball first, get a field goal the Chiefs go right down the field, Mecole Hardman into the end zone, and there's no extra point needed. They win 25-22. to Stubb, as we recap the big game here, can I get a little NFL theme music here as we discuss our final thoughts on the game? The one thing I de- definitely wanted to pick up, bring up on this was I just felt like Steve Spagnola deserves more credit. I mean, the Chiefs' defense played so well. Think about this. I saw a stat. During the playoffs, they shaved 12.5 points per game off of the opponents they played against, right? So, like, the Ravens were averaging 23 points per game, held them to 10, right? Same with the Dolphins. Same with the Bills. The defense was making teams play below their season average, and then it came down to just, hey, give Mahomes a chance to win it, right? You heard my conversation with Steve Spagnola from the opening ceremony when I said, how great is it to know you have Patrick Mahomes? He says, that's all it takes. We just have to get a stop with two minutes left and give him a chance to go win the game, and that's what he did. He forced overtime and then won it in overtime. I definitely wanted to bring that up on my final thoughts of this game. Steve Spagnola deserves a ton of credit, and I think he should be a head coach again in the NFL.
2: I think we got to give the Niners defense some credit as well. I mean, you're playing against Mahomes, and he doesn't get a touchdown in the first half. That's something. That is something, you know? Yeah.
1: Well, dude, how about Oren Burks, right? My guy from South County, all of Northern Virginia, is rooting for Oren Burks. He's the backup linebacker, but the main linebacker for the 49ers – you saw that he, like, tore his ACL running onto the yeah, field. Yeah, celebrating. that it was, that, right? was so,
2: that was brutal for him.
1: So, Oren ends up playing most of the game, ends up with five tackles, three solo. I was really hoping he would have the game-winning interception. I would have rooted for the 49ers in that uh, case, but... Uh, Chiefs made the big plays at the end, and Kelsey deserves a lot of credit. I mean, all eyes were on him on the final drive, and he still made uh, found a way to get open and make a play. Anything else on your final thoughts for the game, Stubb?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, after what he did yelling to his coach on the sidelines, he better have played a good game. You know what I mean? <laughs> if he had yeah. he made a fool of himself like that and then not put up the most receiving yards for the Chiefs, I think we would have left with a very different view of Travis after this game.
1: Yeah, and you know, that it's funny you bring that up because that's something that we had heard kind of held him back his first few years in the NFL and even in college. The guy's got a temper tantrum, right? I kind of see where he's coming from. I used to have a temper as well, but once you kind of control that anger and you channel it and you're able to hold your emotions in check, you see the star that he can become, which I think is the greatest tight end in the history of the NFL, and I understand why he got mad at Andy Reid there. They took him out on third and two, and it was his man, or it was the backup tight end that missed the block that led to them uh, not converting there and fumbling on, on that play there. So I understand the emotions and, the you know, the anger there for by Travis Kelsey. Don't like him bumping into Andy Reid, but let's take a listen to what Andy Reid said about that incident after the game.
3: <laughs> yeah, he caught me off balance. I wasn't
0: watching. He, cheap shot, but that's all right. He did good. <laughs> He was really coming over just go, just put me in, I'll score, I'll score. You know, so that's really what it was. Well, I love that. I mean, it's not the first time. So, I listen, I appreciate him.
1: What do you think of that answer, Stubb? I mean, I, I, I'm almost crying hearing Andy Reid <laughs> say it was, a, it was a, a cheap shot because it totally was. But at the same time, like, that's why he's such a good coach because you, you can kind of be that emotional around him. You know, you can be crazy and, and he can kind of keep you in check.
2: Yeah, I don't, and my, my mindset is you never talk to your head coach like that. I mean, you know, it's not like I played sports very far into my life, but yeah. uh, it, it's just it doesn't feel right to me. And I think they're well, both downplaying what happened. It was a very emotional moment. He definitely wasn't yeah. just saying, hey, put me in. Like, you could see in his eyes. He's he's saying something mean to Andy Reid there, you know. Yeah. But well, they won the game. There's no point in pointing fingers.
1: Yeah, it, kind, it reminded me of – you know, Scotty Pippen screaming at, uh, uh, screaming at the coach of the, of the Bulls, Phil Jackson. It reminded me of Kobe Bryant and Shaq getting into fights. You know, sometimes that's what superstars do when they're at their greatest. And uh, Chiefs come back, win that game. It was fantastic. Great win there. Uh, let's take a listen to Patrick Mahomes after the game and what it took to win back-to-back championships.
2: Oh, I think I have uh, misplaced that file.
1: Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, clip number two. Let me hear Patrick Mahomes after the big win for the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to celebrate tonight. I'm going to celebrate at the parade, and then I'm going to do whatever I can to be back in this game next year and trying to go for that three-peat. So uh, it's, uh, it's an ongoing thing in the NFL. I think Tom said it best is once you win that championship and you have those parades and you get those rings, you're not the champ anymore. You have to come back with that same mentality. Yeah, and I kind of felt like they had a chip on their shoulder all season long. Uh, there was some talk would Travis retire after the game. J- Jason kind of announced that he was going to retire. Then the, then he kind of walked that back. Uh, but Travis said after the game, no, we're going to go for the three, Pete here. And I do want to get to some of the videos that have come out from the post game after party. Stubb, have you seen there's one video? Not. I'm going to retweet it at nine ten the fan. Some guy is filming, right? and you can see Taylor Swift and Travis making out right obviously he's you know he's fired up after winning the super bowl uh he was wearing a jacket he took his jacket off he's like holding his jacket making out with taylor and then the camera uh, pans and you see jason kelsey with a wrestler mask on a chief's wrestler mask he's blackout drunk acting like a gorilla pounding his chest and it's just (laughs) so funny because it's like you have two people in this world you have travis and you have jason kelsey So I just thought that was so fun.
2: Uh, We were all hoping to see a little more Jason. uh, Cutbacks to his reaction to things in the the booth. They didn't give us a lot of that, which I was. uh, I felt
1: no. You know what? I had too much of. A lot of people were claiming too much Taylor Swift. For me, it was too much Ice Spice. I mean, my no, that was great. (laughs) Who is she? Is she even that famous? Oh yeah, I don't don't think she's she's got any good songs. She's got nothing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, she she's one of your Gen Z or famous people. Yeah, she's famous for Fortnite. Good for her. Oh, <laughs> Ice Spice sucks. All right, I don't want to I don't want to ever see her in another Super Bowl again. I was done. Uh, one more time, can I hear Alicia Off Keys? Can we hear that one more time, though? One second. Here here on Awad Radio. Yeah, believe me, I'm not the only one overreacting. Uh, our, our bartenders and waitresses here at, at uh, Capital Ale House com- completely agreed with me. Alicia was off-key, and Usher should be a paid dancer. He was way better as a dancer than he was as a singer. Grant and Danny will have more opinions. They're coming up next on The Fan.